Well, good evening. It's good to see all of you out tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. And it is a little different up here. You're probably wondering what the chairs are about. And uh, this is not my lesson. I'm just going to tell you from the very first of it, this is not my lesson. This is somebody else's. But I like it. It'll either be one of my worst or one of my best, probably. So just bear with me. But the lesson tonight is entitled, Take a Seat. And each one of these chairs up here on the stage tonight represents something. It represents someone. Every one of us in this room tonight can claim one of these chairs. And you'll find out which ones. And hopefully as we go throughout this lesson, be thinking about which chair belongs to you and what it represents. And I, this is something that I did, this is unique, that I chose different chairs Usually I've seen this done with all folding chairs, but each one of mine is different, and you'll see why as we go throughout this lesson. We're going to start over here. You see we've got a high chair that I borrowed from the fellowship room. <laughs> and we got a, a kid's chair. We have the throne, if you will. We have a rocking chair, and we have a folding chair. And each one of these represents our spiritual condition in one way or another. Each one of us can claim one of these chairs. The first chair that we're going to look at is what I would refer to as the chair of innocence. I won't even try to sit in it. As you can see, I'm too big for it. But this is what I would say is, is the chair of innocence. When I look at this chair, I think of, of small children that are able to sit in, in this chair. And children are certainly a blessing to all of us. And I think we, we see that as we, we go throughout our lives. Children make us smile. They, they do things and, and, and sometimes they, they get on our nerves. But for the most part, children are a blessing. We understand that. Children are also innocent. Now there is a, a view that some people have that, that we're born with sin. And, and I don't believe that. I don't believe scriptures teach that. Because when we look at children, we see them as innocent. As a matter of fact, if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Brother David had the, the scripture reading. And Jesus talked about in that scripture reading that we had tonight, the book of Luke, he talked about choosing the right seat. Don't go too high just to be knocked down to a notch or or however you might put it. And whenever you choose a seat, it's best to choose the lowest seat. Be humble about it. And then if you're honored, then that's all well and good. But his whole point was choosing a seat. And that's what we need to do tonight is choose a seat. So as we look at Matthew chapter 18, I've got all these marked here. Matthew chapter 18. And we'll begin with verse 1. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. 
Jesus compared those of the kingdom of heaven or the greatest in the kingdom of heaven as those who are humble as little children. Little children are very humble. We talked about them not too long ago and what this really means and and I see this from a preschool teacher standpoint but when I look at, at little children you know they they look at adults and they're humble because they don't see themselves as greater than adults whatever we say goes basically that they'll eventually agree to it one way or the other but they look to us for guidance and so they are humble in that way and we're to be humble as little children but the way that Jesus refers to them here is humble innocent be more like little children you see, little child, they, he doesn't know right or wrong. He can't make a decision one way or the other without guidance. A, a child cannot make a decision to become a Christian. They cannot make a decision uh, to, to give their lives to Christ because they're not old enough. They're, they're still in that stage of innocence. That's what this chair represents. The stage of innocence. Now we realize that, that we can't fit in this chair because we've outgrown our innocence. But we need to rec recognize this chair as well. That there are those that, that sit in this chair. There are those that are innocent before God. And the exception to this would be, you know, we, we see that adults can't sit in this chair. The exception would be those who are physically or, or mentally handicapped and, and aren't able to make those decisions on their own. But, but they, they also sit in this chair of innocence. That's an important chair to remember and one to recognize. Now this other one, I've got this one right here. This is a little bit small for me. <laughs> As a preschool teacher, I'm used to sitting in a chair like this a lot. But I can't sit in this chair for long. You see, there's a time when I, believe it or not, was small enough and young enough to fit in this chair pretty well. There was a time when I was a child and, and I could sit in this chair. But now it's, it's a little uncomfortable. I've gotten older, I've gotten bigger, and, and I don't really fit in this chair. This chair is the chair of accountability. There's a time when we are, are not accountable for our actions. You know, little children that sit in this chair, they're, they're unaccountable. They can't understand right from wrong still, and so they're still not accountable for their actions. But there's a time where they're going to grow out of that chair, just like I have outgrown this chair. And this chair is, is now, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not, not the best seat to sit in. Turn with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Romans chapter 14, verses 11 and 12. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. You see, 
When we grow out of this chair, when we get too big for this chair, we're accountable for our actions. We know what we need to do, and we're going to have to answer one way or another in the day of judgment. We're going to be held accountable for what we've done in this body, in this life. And, and this chair, like I said, it's, it's uncomfortable to sit in because I, I'm not uh, of, of the unaccountable status that I once was. And, and that's kind of how it was. I remember when I became a Christian, where I decided to become a Christian, I, I became uncomfortable because I, I, was, I remember I was asked by one of the elders at the congregation I attended, Science Hill. Hey, he asked me, uh, asked all of us in class once, if you were to die tonight, what, what would happen to you? Where would you be? I became uncomfortable because I knew that what I had done in my life and how I lived was not right and that something needed to change. And it made me uncomfortable. And I was uncomfortable all that night. I remember I don't think I slept that well. And the next day, that Monday, I remember going to school and I talked to a friend about it and I eventually talked to my dad about it. I asked him what I needed to do. Well, I knew what I needed to do, but I asked him what he thought. And so we sat down and, and we discussed what it meant to become a Christian and how we, how we need to, to repent and need to confess that faith and be baptized for the remission of sins, there's a particular purpose. I remember him asking me, what does it mean to be baptized? Make sure that I understood it's for the remission of sin. And when he asked me that, that question, I knew the answer. And so we called Brother West, Reagan West. And we went to the church building. My mom and sister were at the school, doing some kind of school event. Picked them up, brought them to the church building too. I was baptized that Monday night, August 31st, 1998. But, but see, I, I couldn't fit in this chair anymore. And I realized that I didn't fit. And that something needed to change in my life. That I would be held accountable for my actions if I refused Christ. So I became a Christian. And so I can't sit in this chair anymore. So then we moved to this chair. And this one's a lot more comfortable. This is the throne, if you will. I like this chair. As we look at this chair, you know, we've seen the chair of innocence, we, we see the chair of accountability, but, but this one, this one's different. See, this is the chair of faithfulness. And when I, I grew out of this chair, when I realized that I couldn't sit in this chair any longer, I became a Christian, and I, I can now sit in this chair. A faithfulness. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. There are actually a couple of, of places here in this chapter where Jesus talks about the faithful child of God and, and describes them in detail. Matthew 25, and we'll begin reading at verse 14. Matthew 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. 
And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. I want you to notice here that they were given talents according to their own ability. They had different abilities, but they were given talents based on their own ability. And in verse 16 it says this, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two talents, two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And in to the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now as we look at these talents, we understand that, that what Jesus is talking about is, is money related. But in the same sense, I think we can, can use this to, to represent us today too. That we all have different abilities and different opportunities that are given to us to be fruitful in the kingdom of the Lord. To win souls to Christ and, and to do those things that, that God is pleased with. We have a different uh, number of abilities, but we all have abilities and each one of us is given accordingly as we can handle. You see, God knows what, what we're capable of. And that's what He'll hold us accountable for, is, is what we're capable of. So we have different things that we can use to, to His service. But it's important that we be good stewards. And that we be fruitful and prosper as God wants us to. I want to skip down to verse 31. This is part of the script reading that we had for our devotional this morning. Matthew 25 and verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be, will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and He will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goat's on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. As we look at faithfulness, we see that it's doing good for others as well. Seeing the sick and seeing their need and providing for them. Seeing those that, that are naked and clothing them. And, and seeing a stranger and taking them in. That's what Christianity is about. At least part of it anyway. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to do good to other people. That's part of being a faithful child of God. Using your opportunities and your abilities. Gaining for God. Being fruitful. Doing good for other people. That describes the faithful Christian. That describes the person that sits in this chair. And I, you know, I hope all of us can sit in this chair because it's nice and comfortable. This is where we need to be. It doesn't mean that, that we won't have things happen to us that make us uncomfortable at times. We don't have storms in our lives. That's not what it means. But it means that, that we have God on our side. That He is in control. He is taking care of us. And we're doing our very best to serve Him in the way that He desires. This is the chair that we all need to be in. But it's not the only chair. See, we have this one too. And you know, this one doesn't look too bad, does it? You know, it's got a nice cushion in it. Oh yeah, I like this one. You go to Cracker Barrel, sit on the front porch, and you can rock. And that's a nice thing for us, isn't it? You know, just rocking back and forth. It's very relaxing. This is a nice chair. Or is it? I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. We'll start reading at verse 14. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the, the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white and white garments that you may be clothed. The shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. 
As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. This chair is the chair of lukewarmness. And it may seem nice to rock back and forth. It may seem kind of comfortable to do this like I'm doing now. It feels comfortable. But at the same time, we have to realize that this is not the type of Christian that we are to be. We are to be firm in our faith and our belief in God's Word and, and standing for the truth. We're to be firm as, as faithful Christians. And this isn't firm. You, you see, I'm rocking back and forth, but one of the things that I realize about this chair is I'm not moving anywhere. I'm just sitting here. And, you know, we see those that, that, that are not firm in their faith. And what happens to them? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. Ephesians 4 and verse 14. Ephesians 4 and verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Verse 15, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. You see, there are people that they're like children and they're tossed to and fro with everything that is said as far as doctrine is concerned. We have to stand firm on what we're taught as far as the Word of God is Concerned, We have to stand firm in our faith. But there are many people that, that, that sit in this chair and they rock back and forth and they don't really take one side or the other. Well, you know, I know that I need to be a Christian. I know that I need to be faithful. I need to, to attend services and I need to live, live a life. But, you know, I've got, I've got friends too. I, I've got friends on, on the worldly side and I, I know that they're doing things that, that are wrong, but I don't want to offend them and I, I don't want to appear to be a, a spiritual goody good right and I, I don't know which side to take so maybe I'll just stay in the middle it's kind of comfortable here I, I can do this that's not what God wants he doesn't want us to be lukewarm remember what he said to the Laodiceans that, that those who are lukewarm you know, that they bring a bad taste in his mouth, and it, and it sounds kind of gross, but, but I will vomit you out of my mouth. I, I'd rather you be cold or hot, but, but not lukewarm. Be one or the other. Be, be, be on this side of the fence or, or that, but, but choose one. Don't be lukewarm. Don't stand in the middle. This chair can be comfortable, but it's not the chair that we need to be in. It's not the chair of faithfulness. It's different. So we can't be lukewarm Christians. We can't stay in this chair. And then we've got this chair over here. <laughs> this is cold. And I'm sitting in this chair. And this, this chair is a little hard. 
it, it's not that comfortable. You know, I can sit in it for a little while, but, but it's not that comfortable. It's, it's different, and it's cold. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25 again. Matthew chapter 25, this time let's pick up with verse 24. Matthew 25 and verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, a hard man, reaping where you have not thrown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the, the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him. Give it to him who has ten talents, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Skipping to verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Shortly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. This chair is the chair of rebellion. The unprofitable servant, he made an excuse. Well, I was afraid and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you did. You were capable of having this one talent and gaining me one more. And you didn't do it. Well, you know, I, I don't think I neglected you. I, it, I never saw you sick or, or hungry or, or naked or, or in need. You didn't do it to the least of these. You didn't do it to me. That's the chair of rebellion. Refusing to do the will of God. And those that sit in this chair, they know what they need to do. They know that, that there is a God and, and they need to obey Him and they need to be Christians. But still, they don't want to leave this chair for one reason or another. They don't want to leave this chair. And this chair, like I said, this chair is cold. But I assure you that this chair can get very hot very quickly. We look at the end of Matthew chapter 25 and it says, and These will go away into everlasting punishment. The wicked will go away into everlasting 
punishment. It will never end. Those who rebel against Christ, those who refuse to become Christians, those who refuse to obey Him, those that sit in this chair, will face everlasting punishment. It will never end. But the righteous will go away into eternal life. Cannot stay in this chair. Cannot stay in this chair. So we have five chairs up here. Which, which one is yours? Which of these chairs belongs to you? Be honest with yourself. It's easy to say, well, this one's mine. This is the one I want to sit in. It's easy to say. It's harder to do the will of God. For most of us, this is not our chair. We cannot sit in the chair of innocence. We, we know that we are, are too old. We know too much to sit in this chair of innocence. So this is not our chair. We, we can't sit in this one. And we also realize that we can't sit in the chair of accountability either because we're accountable for our actions. Well, we, we've grown too old for this chair. We know right from wrong. We know that we, we can't stay in this chair. It's too uncomfortable. We can't be in this lukewarm chair because it, it just it doesn't go anywhere. It just rocks back and forth and, and it never really stands on anything. <clears throat> it doesn't stand on the truth of God's Word. And, and we can't be tossed to and fro like children. We, we have to, to know God's Word. We have to obey God's Word. We, we can't stay in this chair of lukewarmness and be seen as faithful. And we certainly can't be seen in this chair of, of rebellion. We can't stay there because this one is bound for, for damnation. Sure enough, eternal condemnation. We can't stay in, in that chair either. This is the chair you need to be in. This is the chair that God wants us to be in. He wants us to be standing for His truth. He wants us to be obedient to His Word. He wants us to win souls to Him. He wants us to be fruitful and faithful stewards of what He has given us. We've got to do His will. This chair is the chair we need to be in. But maybe it's not the chair that you're in tonight. Again, be honest with yourself. And if you're not sitting in this chair, if you're not sitting in the chair of faithfulness, if you're lukewarm or if you're rebellious, remember that, that you can't sit in this chair any longer. You're accountable for your actions. So, so you have to be in, in one of these three. And, and these two will not get you to heaven. This one will. Which chair is yours? Are you a faithful child of God? 
Have you been obedient to His Word? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? And even if you've done that, you know, it doesn't mean that, that you stay in this chair permanently because it's very easy. It's very easy to, to maybe come out of this chair just a little bit. And before you know it, you're, you're over here in, in the lukewarm chair, the rebellious chair, and you're not doing God's will. Make sure that you're still in the chair of faithfulness. Maybe it is that you need to respond to the invitation tonight. Maybe you have been obedient, but you've not remained faithful. And you need to come back and, and return to the chair that God wants you to be in. So wherever you sit tonight, whichever chair is yours, if if it's not this one, it's not the chair it should be. If you're in need of responding to the Lord's invitation, for any reason, if there's something we can help you with, please come as we stand and as we sing.